0: Good morning! Hey, it's good to be with you and it's a good morning this morning. Today, what I wanted to talk about was a book I've been reading. I just finished it last night and it was an incredible book and I'd love to share the story. So there's going to be spoilers and it's the Rowan of Rin series. So this is the fourth book. The first book is Rowan of Rin, Second book's is and the Travelers. Third book's is and the Keeper of the Crystal and each one of these so far I have done an episode on. But this episode is Rowan and the Z-Back. Now the Z-Back are a bad group of people. Or they're perceived to be bad because they're trying to take over the lands everywhere. And that's just what the Z-Back are. But what I'm going to do today is just jump straight into the story. And the song that you're going to get is one that you can watch on YouTube as well if you want to watch it. But it's very windy in the video but maybe that adds to like the asmr factor of it and it might sound nice because it was at the beach i played um sweater weather by the neighborhood and that's the song i'm going to be playing at the end of this episode it's one i learned from a youtube video from a guy called guitar zero to hero i forget what his name is but that's what his youtube channel is called and that's the song you'll hear me play at the end of the episode so you can skip if you only want to hear that again might be a bit cleaner than a YouTube video, like cleaner as sound. It's not an explicit song, but um, yeah, the story time. Let's go ahead. So the story starts, chapter one, we know that a Gatch is flying in the sky. It's like first person from the Gatch's perspective, and it's flying and it's never felt freedom before, but it doesn't really think it's a big deal, and it uses its tongue, and with its tongue, it can taste fire and ice, and it can taste Buckshaw. And when it tastes the Buckshaw with its tongue in the air, then it it's been trained to go after the Buckshaw, and that's how it's been able to find Rin, which is where Ron lives. So this Gatch is like a dragon with wings, kind of thing, but it's got a very spiky tail, and it's um that's what the first chapter is about. It's just one chapter telling, telling you all, all the things about this gatch that's flying in the sky using its tongue, forked tongue. And second chapter, I'm not going to keep saying second chapter. I just, that was what the first chapter was about. It's a bit different the way to approach the writing the story, but I liked it. And the second chapter is, there's a wedding, from the second chapter onwards, there's a wedding between Jillah and John which is Rowan's mum and a friend. And they've been engaged for a while but they're having a wedding. And at this wedding there's lots of people. There's Perlane from the Maris. There's the Travelers. So you got Ogden from the Travellers. You got Zeal and got all these people, lots of people at this place and there's a big tent. And it's a big wedding. And but Rowan has feels something bad's gonna happen. And the wedding goes fine, but then he goes to check on the buckshaw, and they're hiding by a stream out of their paddock. They're hiding all the baby calves in a circle, and his sister Anad travels out to the buckshaw. But while she's doing that, Rowan tries to stop her, or try and bring her back. And all of a sudden, the gatch from chapter one picks her up and flies away. And with with its claws, and Rowan is in shock, and he goes to tell the town, and he goes to Sheba to get some advice, and when he goes to see Sheba, she, Alan's there as well, and what she does is she puts some stuff into a flame, and she gets a prophecy about five fingers, to lead the journey, and she gives Rowan a present, but she only gives Rowan this present if he signs a contract of um, that she will get something in return as well, and what she wants is the black buckshaw, which is a rare, there's only one black baby calf that was born, and I believe it was born because Rowan of the buckshaw had, um, he was something special about him, made it be born, born that colour. So she wants it because Sheba believes that she's an oddity as well, and she just wants it, and Rowan goes, hmm. But he does, he signs a contract, lets her... She doesn't get it straight away. She only gets it if they complete their mission. And there's, the present she gives them is a little thing wrapped up in string. And she says it will only be able to open when they reach an area... When they reach the right area. So he can't open it yet, it won't work. And what happens is Perlane. And Zeal, and a couple of other people have already arranged. They they were in a they came in to see Sheba as well I think, and but what happened? Perlane didn't. But Perlane he's already gonna go get his boat. He's on he has gone out to get his boat, and he's in this, on the sea, and it's getting later into the night now. But what happens now is Rowan Allen zeal and mithrin travel to the travelers and they get on their kites and they fly into the sky towards this boat that perlane has got and they're going to head to the land of the z the z back because that's where they believe this gatch came from i don't think they knew what it was called because they don't have gatches in the rin where ron comes from but this flying creature came from the z back and they have a rough idea of where the z back are then Perlane's going to take him there. So they're flying on the kites. Rowan falls over when their kite lands on the boat. And Mithrin carries Alan by a string, and he cuts Alan off, and Alan lands on the boat. But it took Alan a bit longer to get to the boat, and Rowan was scared for him because Alan can't swim. So he thought maybe they crashed into the water and they weren't going to make it. But Alan landed on the boat and so who we've got on the boat now is Perlain, Alan and Zeal. That's who we got, Perlane, Alan, Zeal, which is three people, I believe that's it. That's most of the people that go on the journey. Is there one more person? I'm just trying to think. You've got Perlane Oh, Rowan. Perlane, Rowan, Zeal, and Alan. So you got four people. That's where my math's stuffed up. They're on the boat, and they're going out to rough seas. They're, they're rough seas, and it breaks the boat. But they have cork vests, because Perlain gave them cork vests. So they're all floating. And Rowan loses them. They're all by themselves, pretty much. And Rowan... Thinks a serpent's about to attack him, and he's scared. But all of a sudden, it's a piece of a boat. So he gets onto this piece of boat and pretty much falls asleep. And he wakes up. He's on the shore of a place called the Wastelands, which is next to the Zebak City. But they have to. They haven't found a Z-back City yet. But he's on the Wastelands on the in a shallow area. And Perlane comes over to him and says, "You got to get up. This shallow water is where the serpents come to feast on the on the other serpents that the little serpents that come here to escape the the mean waters, the nasty waters." So he gets up, and they're wondering what to do, and it's it might be cold. They decide to start a fire. And Rowan is able to open his gift, and in the gift, what they find is some grass, they find a piece of metal, and they find a couple of twigs. And they think it's a joke, and they think that Sheba's set them up. She hasn't, though. All these things in the story have a meaning and a thing, but they believe it's uh, they, she, Sheba's destined them to die over here, which is not very nice. But why would she do that? Because she wouldn't get the Black Buckshot if they didn't make it back. And we don't know if they make it back yet. Because I'm not spoiling it. But what happens is they set a fire. And they... Rowan throws one of the sticks in there. Just to burn it. I don't know why. But all of a sudden... A face pops up in the fire. And reads out a message. That they will be attacked from above and below. And they must... Travel into... I think they've got to travel into a desert. The one thing about this story... Is that there's some great prophecies. And I just can't... Oh, wow, pardon me. I just can't fully remember it. All the prophecies, but they're really good. And... Yeah. So I'll keep going. There's... So... Their fire gives them a message. And they believe that the person in the fire was Sheba. And they're right. It was Sheba. And... They get a message. They all sleep the night. And... But they believe they're going to spend the day thinking about how they're going to get to the land of the Z back. They can see a light in the distance across the wastelands. And... They believe that they should head in this direction. But... What they need to do is find water because Pelain is struggling. As a Marist, he's a man of the water and he really needs water. Otherwise, he's going to die. He really needs it. So, that's their next mission really is to find water. And they sleep the next day. Rowan's sleeping and they do some things. Some things wash up on the shore like seaweed cakes. Perlane gets those and they all eat a little bit of seaweed cake. It's just nothing really. It's just a nutritional food that they can have. And I think it tastes pretty nice. Rowan says it tastes nice, I think. am going off memory. This book took me nearly, oh, I think a month and a half to read because I just didn't read it for a long time. Um, next part, trying to make this interesting. It's a, it's a really good book. If you read this book, it'll it adds way more detail than I'm adding in. And it's not too long. I think it's only 21, 22 chapters long. It's uh, really easy listening. If you listen to the audiobook, it'd be good to read as well. Yeah. And next part. So Rowan's fell asleep. And Perlane's found seaweed cakes. And all of a sudden they decide to walk across this desert land called the Wastelands. Perlane knows it's called the Wastelands because his people knew about it for some reason. And the Wastelands is an area where no Z-back uh, brave not brave enough to go. They just don't go and they don't know the reason. But they keep going and travelling. And all of a sudden, Rowan sees Perlane put his hands up and then Perlane disappears. And what happens is he's actually fallen down a hole and in this hole is an Ishkin. And around this hole, there's all these flying creatures, these gatches. There's more gatches, but Alan calls them lumpies, so you might hear me call them lumpies. And Zeal has managed to grab Perlane and she's holding on to him, but she's hanging half in, half out of this hole. And Alan's holding on to Zeal. And Rowan gets a rock and he throws it down and it hits some clay and it goes through and hits the Ishkin which is this massive creature that only lives under the sand. It doesn't come out of the sand, or most of the time they don't. And, and it manages to annoy the Ishkin, and they pull Perlane out, and then all of a sudden they realise that they should not be standing on the sand because there's more chance of the Ishkins getting them. So they, there's these big rocks everywhere. They're distant from each other, but they jump from rock to rock, and Alan is leading them. And he's doing it in a dance-like manner. But on each of these... Most of the rocks... Is... Um, gatches. These dragons. And... It, they don't like that the dragons... The... Gatches are there. So... Alan's making them go away. Throwing rocks at them. And... Yelling and singing to them. And... Doing all these things. He feels like it's an outlet for him to be a performer doing all this dancing and jumping from rock to rock. And the rocks get closer together and there's more and more gatches as they get closer to the edge of the Z-back city. And they're wondering how they can get across because there's a big wall and they need to get past this wall. And they're pretty much touching, they're all touching gatches because there's so many of them. Like they're touching their shoulders as they stand there. And they all of a sudden a crack appears in the wall. And it starts to open. And a couple of guards come through with some rubbish. And they feed the Gatches some rubbish. And Rowan and Perlane, Zeal and Alan all hide on the ground. But they did light a fire and got a message from the Sheba face. That told them that they would be on the ground wriggling like worms as the as the gatches fed. And they got scared because they thought that meant that they were going to get eaten alive off the ground by the gatchers. But they didn't. They just got fed rubbish. So they managed to survive. And they sneak through the door. And they've got to get away from these guards very quickly. Because otherwise they're going to get caught. So they find some stairs. And there's a closed door. And luckily it's unlockable. It's open already, so they open it, and they're now all inside, and they close the door. And in this place, it's pretty much a maze. It's got lots of lefts and rights, and there's a noise coming from it towards the end, and they believe, Perlane believes there's water here. They let Perlane make all the decisions left or right, all the alleyways, and there's mirrors on the walls. The walls of this place are pretty much mirrors. So it looks like they're surrounded, but it's only themselves. And they go through this maze. They get to the end where they have found a door. And it has a skull on it, on paper. And Zeal gets some some memories of a child. And she knows that if you go through this door as a Zbac citizen, then you're to be um, executed and death is a penalty, which is not very nice, and this door is locked, but Zeal manages to unlock it, because she got taught how to unlock things as a Traveller, and she doesn't want to push the door open, because she's she is a Z-back, she was born a Z-back, but she managed to make it to the to the shores of Rin, when she, or the lands where the, the Travellers found her, Ogden found her, and adopted her, but they make it into this room, it's very dark, and Alan hits his head on something, it's an oil lamp with some matches next to it, so they light it up, and they find a drop-off, and at this drop-off there's water all the way down, down at the bottom, and Perlane jumps in and floats, he floats on the water and soaks it up into his skin, all the water and he's feeling great, but this water's black, so I don't know if they should. They don't drink it. It would be very. I think. I'm not sure what type of water it is, but it's just black water. And they decide they want some advice on how they can get out of this maze. So they pull out a stick and they light a fire. They use the lantern, the lamp, to burn the mat, burn the stick. And it gives them a message that the first person who heard the bells. They heard bells when they came in here, so they think the Alan or one of them heard the bells first, but the first person who heard the bells is going to be the one who sees the truth in a mirror, and they're wondering what this is, this message. All these messages by Sheba don't make much sense. They're not very literal. They are literal, but they're very embedded. If that's the word. They're just very... you got to figure them out. I really like them. And anyway, they go to sleep. And Rowan wakes up. And he all of a sudden it becomes light. It's still dark in his room. But it becomes light because the door opens. And Alan comes back. He comes through the door. So he must have been out in a maze. And he comes back and says that Zeal is gone. Which is um, bad news. And they wonder if where she's gone. So now what they're doing is they're standing in a maze and Alan's looking in the mirror. He's got some soot on his face from hitting his head on the lamp. So he's trying to rub his cheek and he's making it worse. But he notices that there's some soot on the maze walls. And they believe that this was from Zeal. Zeal's trying to leave a trail for them to follow. So they follow it and it reaches two doors, which is somewhere else in the maze. They reach two doors and on the door handle of one of them is black soot. So they go through this door. It's the resting area for the guards of the place. It's got uniforms, tables and metal cabinets. Mm. And all of a sudden they find a cage. They find a cage. And they believe Rowan's happy because he believes that Anad, his sister, might be in there. They might be able to get her back. But they walk towards a cage. All of a sudden a guard shoves Rowan into the bars and says that they've got to, they've got to lock them up and put them away and take them somewhere. But what happens, what we realise is this guard was actually Zeal. She's a commanding officer and she's wearing the uniform fully and she's got this black stripe from her forehead to her nose, which is what most of the people in the Z-back lands have, except for really young children. It's almost like a tattoo. I don't know, but it's got some permanency to it. So all of a sudden, we got Rowan, Alan and Perlain. They're in this cage. And this cage is moving and it's got a cloth over it so they can't see out of it. But Rowan can see out of it through a hole in uh, at the bottom because it's not fully covering it. And he's seeing the town. It's got fruit and veg, little kids playing. And we hear Zeal talking to them, telling them to cover the cage completely because there's holes at the bottom. So they do, and now they can't see. And they're on a rocky ground. But as Zeal's talking to them, Rowan just believes that she's turned to the dark side. And she wanted to do this the whole time. But she's now giving hints and saying things that are very similar to what Sheba said in her prophecy, so they believe that she might be good, but they don't know yet, and they stop at a meadow, a place, it's got a fence around it, but it's a meadow, very nice place with a cottage, and they get out of it, and Zeal says to Xanel, who's one of the guards with her, she says for him, it's only Zeal and Zanel, uh, that have taken them in the cage a gatch was pulling it That's how they do it, but it was this gatch had wings most of the working gatches in this in the town Don't have wings and I'll tell you later why this one has wings Because they cut the wings off because they don't want them They want them only to work on the ground. They don't want them to fly away or something like that but anyway zanel zeal asks zanel for a key so that she can unlo- un have the keys to unlock them. Because they're chained up. All these guys. They're chained up. Not they're in a cage. But they're also chained up on their hands and hands and feet. And she asks for the key. And Zanel says, why do you need a key? When as a commanding officer you have the keys that unlock everything. And she goes, I want your keys. He doesn't believe her. He knocks her hat off and her hair comes down, and as he does that, her black line from her forehead to her nose smudges, and he goes, and Xanel knows that she's not a commanding officer, so he pulls out a dagger and tries to get her, and as he does, I think she falls down, she's in a position where she could get hurt, and a a tall boy manages to hit Xanel in the head with a shovel, and Xanel gets knocked out and he's on the ground, collapsed, and the boy gives him and kicks him, just a little kick, and tests if he's, whether he's conscious or not, and he's not, he hasn't died, he's just got hit in the head and he's knocked out, and an old man comes out of the cottage and says, wow, you're thinking with your, with your muscles instead of your wits, Morris, I think it's Norris, this little kid's Norris. And this man is called Theory. And they take him inside. And they put Xanil in the cage. And put the cage under a hay bale. So the other guards don't find him. And the little boy says. We've been waiting for you Rowan. And Rowan just can't believe. How does this little boy. Why has he been waiting for him. And they find out. They talk to them. And they say that they have Anna upstairs in the attic. And they have her. They're like, what? Well, we thought that she would be in a prison. And they tell them that this is a prison. They're working. They're working. They're confined to working. And that's all they're allowed to do. I think. And this place is a prison for them. So Anna's in a prison. But she's just upstairs in the attic. Sleeping on a bed. Surrounded by plants. And another girl is up there. Called. Not Sharon. It's. Sharon? Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. How it pronounces is Sharon. She's up there as well. And Rowan stands next to Anad. Anad opens her eyes and says, I knew you were going to come for me. And Rowan said, Yeah, you always think like this. And then what happens next is they all head into downstairs in the house and there's a a box that has stitched it's not stitched it's like canvas the silks there's silks that have been got pictures on them and they tell the story and Sharon says that this place that they're in now is called Rin and like no it's not Rin's in the faraway lands and she says no all the people this is the original Rin, your Rin is what the people who escaped didn't know what to call the land, so they called it Rin, and that's why it's called Rin, and it has um, all these all these pictures, and there's the medallion, that, it's actually a medallion, the piece of metal that was in the gift, and Rowan sees the medallion in a picture, and this was a present given from a mum to a daughter or something. And she, the daughter managed to escape and make it to the land of Rin where Rowan comes from. So that gift um, is the original piece of Rin. And these three people, Norris, Theory, and Sharon, they are the last three people who are the f- complete of the ancestors of Rin. And they believe they don't want to have children because... The, well, Norris and Sharon—they're the grandchildren of Theory. And the gatch that was pulling the cage before was called Eunice, and it really likes Norris. And anyway, they see these pictures, and the chapter of that one's called "Painted Shadows," something like that. They had a a prophecy from. Sheba, telling them about painted shadows, and it didn't make sense, but that's what these images are called, and they all head outside now, and they believe guards are coming, so they, but then all of a sudden, the man who's been chained up, Xanol, he's in the cage, he's come out of it, he used his dagger to get out, because he's got a dagger with him still, and he managed to break the cage or something, he gets out, and kills... With this dramatic story, he kills theory theory sacrifices himself so that they can get um so that they can get away. There's some reason that theory sacrifices himself, but yeah, I think that the reason he sacrifices himself is so that his gatch, Eunice, is allowed to fly because the whole time while he's had this gatch he's given bribes to the guards so that it can keep its wings, and he never lets his gatch fly so that it can keep its wings. And he's lucky that it still has its wings, because now they're wondering how they can escape, and what they're going to do is they're going to fly away on the gatch, Eunice, and they all get on the gatch, but they use the grass that was in the gift so that it has a smell it probably uses its tongue not to taste it, but they smell with their tongue, kind of like snakes. And oh, I think snakes smell with their tongue. They, although, oh, not sure. Maybe I'll have to do something on it later. But anyway, they use the grass so that it it knows what the how to find the lands because they must have a really good sense of smell. And anyway, they fly away. And it really likes rubs on the necks. It feels good when it gets a rub on the neck. So Rowan's sitting on it, rubbing its neck while they're flying. They're flying away and guards are upset. They're upset they're getting away. It's quite a long story, this one, even though it's not as many chapters as the previous one. This story is, um... It's got a lot of things happening in it. And they lit a fire to get a clue of how they can get away and it said that they would, um... I actually can't remember, but it says something about death. Someone's got a... There's some kind of death happens. Anyway, they used that. They've got one more stick left. Because there were five little sticks. They're flying away. And the Z-back people notice that they're flying away. So they get their lots of gatches to follow them. But they don't know many gatches are following them until later. They make it to the Rin where Rowan comes from. And they land but they nearly get attacked by the rin people because they couldn't see who was on uh, on they thought someone was going to get taken again like Anna did and they land they're very happy and all of a sudden in the distance they see lots of black dots in the distance there's so many Gatchas coming and they they had all these weapons all the rin people and they're ready to attack And Rowan heads over to a little fire, and Sharon's standing here with the pictures. She she must be standing here to be warm or something, or getting a torch. And Rowan believes that they should use the last stick and see what it says. Maybe it'll help them get rid of these gatches. And what it does, this message is probably the most literal, but it tells them to head to the meadows and head away, hide. And let the the enemy tell the story, so what he does Rowan he tells the people run away, hide, go to the meadows, go to the I forget what it's called it's a it's like an area with plants in the in the town, and they tell him to run there, so his mum and John run there straight away. They listen to Rowan' cause they every they believe in Rowan. And everyone except Lan runs away. And Lan goes, we've never run from an enemy before. And he goes, yes, but I know this is what we have to do. And he doesn't tell her why. Because it's, it's hard for Rowan to explain these prophecies. So they all run away. And they hide. And what happens is as the Gatchas come closer, the dragon on the mountain, the Overin, on the Forbidden Mountain comes out. The white dragon with red eyes comes out blowing fire, and is very angry, and Rowan and people, they say that it, well, Rowan says that it was more deadly than the Ishkin, which were those creatures in the sand of the wastelands in the Zebak territory, and that Ishkins were very, they were the gatches in the Forbidden, in the wastelands. If they didn't like another gatch for some reason, they'd bump it into an Ishkin hole, and the Ishkin would eat it. So that's how the the Ishkins got their food most of the time, I think. So the Ishkins were very, yeah, they eat anything. So they're very bad. But this dragon comes out and scares all the gatches away, and and the Zebak people are gone. So now they've got a story to to tell them, the people. And and then everyone's just talking in the town. Alan comes to Rowan and tells him that he's going to get married to Molly, and Molly kicks Alan in the foot or something because he's Alan's putting himself down, saying no, oh, oh, she she's lucky or he's very lucky, something along the lines. But that's what we end with, and the Sharon. Sharon and Norris they go to somebody's house I can't remember whose house it was maybe I should have listened to it just before doing this but they head to they get in someone's house and they live there but they live there now but Rowan goes back to his own house and his mum asks him to tell him the stories and he goes, yes, I've got so much to tell you because Rowan's got the silks. And there's it. the story ends with Rowan saying, there's so much to tell you. And that's the story of Rowan and his e-back. That was a really nice book. The One thing I want to apologize for is when I did a little burp. I think I drank some water or something. So I need, it was an accident when I made that sound, but it's not a big deal. That was about halfway through the story. <laughs> and... But that's, it's not the end of the world, I think is. Yeah, I got my guitar now anyway, it's been sitting on my lap the whole time. And I've got this um, song to play for you. I've been trying to, hopefully I got through that story quick enough that I'm not going to get a phone call. Because usually I have Braille over a phone call around 9 o'clock in the morning. But hopefully I manage to play this song, finish the episode and the day continues for all of us. But this is the song. It's quite strange playing with earphones in, but that's how I'm recording this episode, is with earphones in. You can play the guitar with earphones. i got to put the capo on the second fret. Guitar's already tuned. And I learnt this song because it was someone I knew favourite song at the time. And I love starting it with... um with that at the start because that's kind of how it, it starts with like a drum or something in the actual song but here's a song by the neighborhood called Sweater Weather here it is here's the the Jack Landing Jackie G cover and all I am is a man I want the world in my hands I hate the beach but I stand in California Toes in the sand, use the sleeves of my sweater. Let's have an adventure, head in the clouds, but my gravity centered. Touch my neck and I'll touch yours. You and those little how waisted shorts. Oh, she knows what to think about. What to think about? One love, two mouths. One love, one house. No shirt, no blouse, just us you find out Nothing I would never tell you about No Cause it's too coil for you here And now so let me hoil Both your hands in the holes of my sweater And if I may just take your breath away I don't mind if there's not much to say Sometimes the silence guides the mind to a, wolf, to a place so far away. The ghost bumps start to race the minute that my left hand meets your waist. Then i watch your face, put my finger on your tongue cause you love the taste, yeah. These hearts are tall, every the other beat as hard as four. Inside this place is warm, outside it starts to pour. Coming down, one love, two mouths, one love, one house, No sure, no gloves. Besides, you find out nothing I would never tell you, but I know, no, no, cause it's too good. I liked it, I, um, it's, a, it's quite a fun song. It's not too tricky, once you learn how to change chords, those chords and used in that song, I'd say there's some very well-known chords. You got, it goes from uh, the, um I put my guitar next to me, so I'm not gonna be able to play it now to show you. Oh, I'll pull it up, I'll pull, here's my guitar. I've took the capo off, so it's gonna sound a little bit different, but it goes from a C. No, I gotta put the capo on. (laughs) Two seconds, here's a capo. It goes from a C, C major, A minor, E minor, and then it goes back to A minor, to G. and what that sounds like in the song is, it uses a golden strum, and then a down, down, up for the last two. So you go um, C major, A minor, E minor, A minor, G major, and then it just repeats. And then it, it follows that pattern most of the time, but then it, it changes as well. The tutorial on Guitar Zero to Heroes is a really nice tutorial, it's nice. He doesn't tell you where to put your fingers, but um, yeah... Don't quote me on that because he might tell you where to put the fingers. I just can't remember. But he definitely tells you the chords. And because he did, I was able to learn the song because I knew the chords from a couple of the lessons I've been doing and playing a guitar for a little while. It's not too tricky of a song, and it's a nice song. And it's, um, yeah, about one person bringing another person closer, putting the holes in hands in the holes of the sweater. So they're in, enjoying their, each other's company. It sounds like a relationship song. And I hope you've liked today's episode. I hope it's recorded. If you're hearing this, it has recorded. And if not, I'll just be talking to myself on my couch. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's recording. 41, so that, that's the length of this episode. This is one of the longer ones. I think the Kingdom Hearts one is probably the longest episode I've got, being 58 minutes or something like that. Well, one of them went over an hour, but that episode got deleted because I said some things that were unnecessary, and it was, I made some errors in the Spanish, so the episode's gone. But the songs are still in the playlist, um, Monday tunes from the Jackie G Morning Show for any time, that you can find on Spotify. Yeah, no one's actually, um, you can follow, you can, I don't know if you can follow playlists on Spotify, but you can like them and then they show up in your library on Spotify. So if you want to add that to your library, it's getting um bigger and bigger. I managed to add the song by the Wiggles, Elephant, their cover from Like a Version on Triple J. And um that's probably one of the the coolest Like a Versions I've listened to. That was a great episode when they put the Wiggles on there. And one thing before I leave is last episode, I said Simon was one of the new Wiggles. He is, but he was also an original Wiggle. So there were five original Wiggles, and I think now there's four in the crew in in the new Wiggles. And if I'm wrong again, you might hear about the Wiggles in the next episode, but I'm, yeah. Oh, sorry, but nah. Not sorry, not sorry, but it's, yeah, I apologize if that's, it's not that bad hearing about the Wiggles, but I gotta find, I already found this stop button, so I could double tap, but I just want to double check, so I'm going to, says add add flag, I don't know what that means, but now it's on the stop recording button, I'll see you guys later and thanks for tuning in, it's been Jackie G talking about rolling in the Z-back and playing the song Sweater Weather, yeah, I hope you liked it, I got some more music on the way, always learning some new music, I'm... I'd say I'm addicted to it. I spend most of my life doing it now. And music's just um, good for the soul, I believe. But I'll see you later. And thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you another time.